Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my new co-host, world-famous Leanne Whippen, along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris, coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in, well, actually, south of Portland right now. Today, our old buddy Meathead from Amazing Ribs is going to be talking turkey with us and sides on the nation, and we'd also like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef intent, uh, beef made the way nature intended. That's PaintedHillsNaturalBeef.com. Meathead, my friend, welcome. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Hello, Leanne. It's so Hello. good to see you guys. Hey, I got I, I got to start right off by giving you a correction here. OK, always introduce me as Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. That tells everybody I'm a website, because if you just say Amazing Ribs, I get phone calls at 10 o'clock at night asking if I deliver. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I, I, I get that. Um, so let's start. Thanksgiving is uh, very shortly coming upon us here. And I know that you're a big fan of spatchcocking, but let's talk some general turkey cooking principles first. All right. A lot of people like to brine their turkeys. I'm not a big briner. I'm kind of a salt and pepper, a little garlic guy, but take it away. Well, salt is the magic rock. Salt does something that no other spice and herb on your spice rack can do. Salt is just two little atoms, sodium and chloride. And when they get wet, which they do when you sprinkle it on the surface of meat, they split up a little bit and they can actually get electrically charged and they can move deep into meat. But sugar, for example, which is 23 atoms, garlic, which is huge, pepper, all the stuff that people put in their brines are too large to go into the meat. They'll get into the little teeny cracks and crevices and pores on the surface, and they might get a 16th of an inch down, but they can't get as far into the meat as salt can. And salt does some really cool stuff. Salt really amplifies flavor. It's like turning the dial up to 11. It makes the natural flavor stronger. Garlic and pepper and sugar alter the flavor, but salt doesn't alter it. It just amplifies it. And it also does something else that's cool. Salt changes the structure of the protein in meat. And it's called, um, it, 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 it changes it so that it holds on to more moisture. And it, 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 it helps the turkey stay moisture. And that's really crucial because everybody has had cardboard turkey. And it's, yeah, yeah, um, it's, 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 it's a real problem because poultry, we have to cook to a higher temperature than we do, for example, other muscle meats like a steak. A steak is at its most moist and tender and juiciness when it's 130 to 135 degrees in the center, which is medium rare. But 
160 to 165, which is what USDA wants us to cook poultry to, is well past well done. And at that temperature, it can be very dry. Um, and the reason they want us to cook it that high is that there are problems with bacteria in the way poultry is raised, and it has to be cooked to a higher temperature to be safe. And the last thing you want to have to do during Thanksgiving is haul granny or <laughs> the, to, the, to the emergency room. Right. So you need a good digital thermometer. This is the digital age. If you've got one of those dial thermometers in the kitchen that takes 30 seconds to give you a reading, and I got to tell you, it's not accurate, take it out of that drawer, put it in your driveway, and back your car over it. <laughs> go online, go to the hardware store, go buy a digital thermometer. You can get a really precise one for under 30 bucks that'll tell you in five seconds or less exactly what the temperature is. And you need that to get turkey right. That pop-up thermometer cannot be trusted. My company, my website, amazingribs.com, we have an elect electrical engineer who tests thermometers for us. We don't sell any, but we have a database that rates and reviews thermometers. So you can go there, pick one that get, gets one of our top awards, a platinum medal or a gold medal, and we have links to where you can order them or just go to the store and buy one. But that is just absolutely essential for a good turkey. Um, so you talk about the salt. Does that mean you're against brining then? No. And ah, thank you. Yeah, we got started on brining. The, the problem with the way people brine is, is that you have to take this 15, 20 pound bird and submerge it in a salt water um, and now you've got to get the ratio of salt to water properly, and you've got to add all, and people add all these other spices and herbs, which don't go in apple juice and stuff. You can get the salt to do its magic just by sprinkling it on the bird. It's called dry brining. So you take your turkey the night before, because it takes salt a little while to get down into the meat, and you sprinkle the bird with, with, with salt. Um, about the same amount you use at the table. Um, our rule of thumb is a teaspoon of uh, kosher salt, Morton's kosher salt um, per pound of meat, and uh, it will penetrate and uh, it will enhance the flavor and help hold on to moisture. It takes overnight and you just put it in a pan and sprinkle it with salt. And it has the same effect as submerging it in a bucket of salt uh, or a bucket of salt water. And uh, it'll do its magic that way. Doesn't it help crisp the uh, skin as well? It can. It can. And, and you know, uh, cr crispy turkey skin, frankly, is better than most of the turkey, I think. I, I agree. <laughs> I love turkey skin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah, it can. It, um, it, it can help the skin get uh, crispy. So that's another good reason why you want to salt it. And if you submerge it in water, now you're waterlogging the skin, which makes it harder to crisp. What about oil? You know, meathead, a lot of people will say, and you see people do it on TV and in books and stuff, they'll say, oh, you want to you want to give it a light coating of oil. Well, that can help crisp it a little bit, but it's not really necessary. Um, the uh, what a lot of people also like to do is put butter under the skin. I do. But butter won't penetrate. Remember. Yeah. Meat is 75% water, butter is fat. Oil and water don't mix. So it won't penetrate the meat. It will base the meat. It will give mm -hmm. the surface a little buttery flavor, um, but uh, it's not gonna really significantly impact things. 
or the oil. The oil might help crisp it a little bit, but it's going to get plenty crispy if you cook it at enough temperature. Now, if you're cooking outdoors and you're cooking on a smoker, and turkey loves smoke. Turkey and smoke are like peanut butter and jelly, but you don't want too much. But if you're cooking on a smoker, most of us go for somewhere around 225 when we're doing ribs or pulled pork or stuff like that. To get that skin crispy, you need to raise the temperature up to at least 325. Now, a lot of people go haywire. A lot of recipes tell you to start the bird at 500 or something. But the higher the temperature, the more the proteins and the muscle fibers shrink. And when muscle fibers shrink, they squeeze out moisture. So almost all meats, you want to cook them at the lowest possible temperature to retain moisture. Um, and so 325 is a good number for turkey. You'll get a good crispy skin that way. Um, and you'll have time for them. Um, to, to, it's low enough to keep the moisture in. So with the salt that you added on top overnight, do you wash that off or you just leave it on there? Hey, you're great. I love your questions <laughs> because these are just the same question. You know, I get rambling and I think people know this stuff, but I ask uh, people ask that question all the time. Leanne, thank you. Mm -hmm. uh, no, you don't need to because it's going to go in. Um, and you're not adding a lot either. If your doctor has told you to go easy on the salt, this is not a lot of salt. Um, I've done the math on it. It's much less salt than you're going to get um, in, in um, uh, chicken fingers or something at McDonald's. Half a teaspoon. I said a teaspoon earlier. I'm sorry. I meant a half a teaspoon of Morton's kosher salt. Now, beware, everybody out there should know this. Different salts have different um, size of, of, the, uh, of, the, of the grains and um, uh, think of think of think of a, 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 a garbage can filled with basketballs versus a garbage can filled with tennis balls. Well, big grain salt, there's more air between the grains. That's like the basketballs. Small grain salt, like table salt, there's less air between the grains. So there's going to be more salinity to table salt with small grain than there is to large grain salt and Morton's kosher salt has a semi-large grain. So it's almost half the salinity of table salt. So we use Morton's kosher salt in all of our recipes because it doesn't have much in the way of additives. And it's easy to kind of grab it with your fingers and scatter it around. Uh, where it's easy to find salt. too. Yeah. Do you, you like kosher salt too, Leanne? Yeah, but at the Morton is easier to find than say diamond or whatever, which is different. So it's good that you use that as a base. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cooks are uh, go to the diamond crystal. It seems chicer, but it's harder to find. And diamond crystal is a smaller grain than Morton's crystal. So all of the recipes on our website and in my book are Morton kosher salt. Pretty easy to standardize um, and uh, easy to easy to pinch and sprinkle. Half a teaspoon per pound of meat, and that's a good rule of thumb for all meats. Do you when use? Sorry, go ahead, Leanne. Uh, when you cook your turkey at home, do you cook it whole or do you spatchcock it? What's your preference? I spatchcock. Mm -hmm. And 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 again, um, if you spatchcock, just a fancy word for butterflying. And what you do is, is you, you get a really heavy um, pair of shears and you remove the backbone and the, the backbone comes out and then you can splay out the bird and lay it out flat. And when you do that, you can brown the inside, which is the cavity, and that and brown is beautiful. Brown is a chemical reaction called the Maillard reaction, and that's flavor. 
and you want brown surfaces when you're when you're cooking meat. So if you open up the cavity, you'll get the cavity brown. If you leave the bird whole, like a Norman Rockwell painting, the interior, the cavity doesn't brown. It stays tan and it won't brown at all if you stuff it. And that's another good one to talk about, too. All right. We're going to take a break here on Barbecue Nation. We'll be back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com and Leanne right after this. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT with Leanne Whippen, and we're talking turkey today with our good friend meathead goldwin from amazingribs.com if you want to reach out to us it's pretty easy just go to barbecuenationjt.com and there's a a little icon there you can send us a message of course we're on facebook and twitter and nine thousand other social media platforms <laughs> they just a new one comes out and all of a sudden i get the memo we've got to be on this and i'm like okay whatever you know I'm like that <laughs> one thing i wanted to ask you you were talking about salt in the last segment uh, Morton does make uh, both uh, in their kosher salt fine and coarse. Is there, you have a preference of which one to use? I use the Morton coarse. Yeah. Morton's coarse because, again, because it's easier to pinch. I like by it. the way, as long as we're on the subject of salt, um, let's get a couple of things straight. Sure. All salt came from the sea, all salt is sea salt. Right. And when you buy something labeled sea salt, you're paying more money for something that came from the ocean. Now, um, let's talk about these air dried salts. The, the, you, you can get you know, salts that, where they, they, they scoop up a bunch of seawater and put it in a pan and let it air dry. Or maybe they'll put a little heat under it and get these big flakes of salt. And sometimes they have interesting colors like there's black salt from Hawaii, and pink salt and other colors. Those are impurities. Those are things that might give it an interesting flavor. For example, if they come from the San Francisco Bay and there are salt flats south in San Francisco Bay, there's a very good chance it contains fish poop and seal poop in it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I gotta tell you, the federal the 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 Food and Drug Administration has no labeling regulations over sea salt. So anybody who wants to can take any kind of salt they want to and label it sea salt. It That's very from... interesting. Wow. So you can uh, call when you when you buy a rub that it says sea salt on the label, it could be any salt under the sky. Well, what about Malden salt? Because I use that as a finishing salt. What what differentiates that from these other salts? If well, it's Malden, all from I use Malden too, and I I love Malden as a something you sprinkle on a steak or something at table side because it's a big flake. It's like those um, uh, pretzel salts, you know, yes. it's got a pop, you know, and, and if you like salt um, and on a steak or something, that really brings it to life because it does amplify flavor. Um, Malden is a sea salt. That is, it's, it, I think, I'm pretty sure it's air dried from the ocean. 
and I like it as a table salt. But, you know, all these fascinating salts, if you line them all up on the table, you can taste them. And there are very subtle differences between them. But by the time you throw them on a steak or a turkey or uh, Brussels sprouts, you can't taste the difference. I can't anyhow. Mm-hmm. And um, I've got a pretty decent palate. I used to be in the wine business and I've won wine championships. Wow. I really can't taste the salt once it's on a steak. All right. So I want to talk about basting, too. About Big what? Basting. Ah, you know, if if you go back to some of the old Sunset and Betty Crocker books and all that, it's like based it. My mom. Uh, here's a mom story for you, Leanne. You haven't heard all my mom stories. Meathead has heard quite a few of them. <laughs> she would get up and she would put that turkey in the oven like at 530 in the morning. Now, we weren't going to eat until two. All right. At least two to four. And so we know how that came out like that. But she would just base the hell out of that turkey. Just like every half hour, just with the the little uh, bulb squeaking thing. thing. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. You know, and she's doing that and she's doing that. And about, you know, nine o'clock, that turkey was pretty much done and looked pretty good. But by 11 o'clock, when she took it out of the oven, not so much. Okay. And you could have used it to go fill up the potholes in the, in the County road in front of our house. But I don't, what was that Chevy Chase movie where they bring out the turkey? Do you guys remember it? Was Chevy Chase Christmas or uh, Oh yeah, when they, Land, where they they touched it and it kind of exploded? Yeah. <laughs> it had been cooking for so long. Yeah, well, uh, your camera your, went. Your cameras uh, went away there. Anyway, um, I know people get hung up on basting, but still that same model, that same theory you're talking about, Meathead. The 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 drippings don't really get in. They're just kind of a surface deal, aren't they? And they also make the skin soft. Yeah. And we want crispy skin. But it will color. It will help with the color. Um, but, you know, we're, we're all, we all love outdoor cooking. And if you cook on a grill or a smoker, you're going to get all the color you want. Um, so you don't need to worry about that. But if you're cooking indoors, basting will help color the skin. You just don't want to do it very deep into the cook, maybe for the first hour or something, just to help with the coloration. But stop and let that skin get crispy. I'm all about really making a great gravy with the drippings. And every time I smoke a turkey and I've tried this with the drippings, the gravy tastes terrible. It's it's too smoky. It doesn't have that rich flavor you get from an oven cooked turkey. Obviously, with spatchcock, you know, you can get your drippings. But what do you do when you're smoking a turkey to get a good gravy? Well, I make a turkey stock. What I'll do is I'll get a big baking pan, um, bigger than your regular nine by 13. I got a big baking pan and I'll put in that baking pan um, a bottle of wine, um, a couple of celery stalks, some carrots, uh, the backbone that I cut out of the bird. Uh, the skin that I snip out from around both cavities, the excess skin, the neck, the gizzard, not the liver. That's the liver right. Out. That'll yeah. cloudy it. I'll put the liver in there. Yeah. But everything, all the trimmings, I'll even snip the wing tips off because they tend to burn. Mm-hmm. And all that goes in, the, in, that, in that pan um, and maybe even some chicken stock. And I put it under the bird and the drippings go in there. Um, and uh, when that's I take it out about an hour before the bird is done. So if you're doing spatchcock, it's going to cook a little faster. 
I keep the smoke light because turkey does love smoke, but not too much. I'll pull it out after it's only been there for a couple hours. All the drippings go in there and you just strain it and you get this marvelous turkey mm. stock. And I usually end up with like a little more than a quart, which is way Perfect. more than for yeah. a turkey. And what I do with the leftover is the next day, I just drink it. It's like a soup. I get a coffee mug uh, and warm it up in the microwave. And it's just delicious. We got to take another break here on Barbecue Nation. We'll be back with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com and Leanne Whippen, my new co-chair, my new co-pilot on this venture, uh, right after this. Don't go away. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation uh, here uh, currently on the Sun Radio Networks. Um, big announcements coming up shortly on that. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef. I know we're talking turkey, but uh, if you don't do turkey, uh, Give Painted Hills Natural Beef one of their rib roasts a try. And also Gunter Wilhelm Knives. Meathead uses them. I use them. They're great. I do. And um, don't forget, um, you can find us pretty much anywhere where podcasts uh, are not sold. They're just out there for you. So we're talking with Meathead today about turkey and what to do with it and how to cook it and all that. I was going to add something to your gravy conversation from the last segment. One thing that I do too, I'm a hog. We all know that. So I buy extra turkey drumsticks, big fat ones. Mm. And I will and I will cook them the day before Thanksgiving just because not that I don't have enough room on smokers and stuff. I got plenty of those. But I've got that's one less thing for me to do on actual Thanksgiving. <coughs> Excuse me. I will save the drippings from those turkey legs. Oh. Okay. So I've got a little extra. In, mm -hmm. case, in case something goes south on me and um, and my crew here they're big on dark meat anyway yes so, me too. yeah so we do that and that's one thing so i wanted to talk i gotta i gotta i gotta, I gotta interject about turkey life. sure anybody who's been to disney world or disneyland knows that they are famous for their turkey legs and you see people tromping around down there with these huge dinosaur legs um, and, and they absolutely love them. Well, the thing is, is they cure them the same way they cure hams. And so they have kind of like a ham-like flavor, and mm -hmm. then they smoke them. And I have reverse engineered that recipe, and it's on AmazingRibs.com. Interesting. If you are nuts about the Disney turkey legs, go to my website, and I can show you how to make them. That also applies to SeaWorld in San Antonio. Oh. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I bought one of their $20 turkey legs one time yeah. and, and watched it float away in a flash flood when my. Oh, when, no. Yeah, Shamu jumped out of the water. We, we went there oh, for, no. for, the, for the kids, right? My daughter, Free Willy, all that stuff. Oh, my God. So we go to their sidebar story out there, listeners. Anyway, go there. We're sitting there. They're warming up the whale, as it were, and he's doing a few little things and right in front of us 
this big, you know, 300 ton black and white thing comes out of the water and my kid is gone. She's three. She's up the up the concourse, chasing her down the concourse. And there was no way in hell she's going back with that big whale. <laughs> so we say, OK, so we're going to go back to the hotel. I got my turkey leg. Uh, Shelly's got her stuff. We got the kid go outside and it's one of those Texas monsoons. It is just hammering. But I put the kid on my shoulders. I'm by the time I get to the car, I'm literally walking in knee deep water and my hands got so wet and the kids fussing around. I dropped my turkey leg and it oh, literally just uh, floated away. One bite. That's all I got was one bite. <laughs> Most expensive bite of meat you've ever had. Yeah, it was about 240 bucks for the whole deal, you know, with, with all that. I, I want to interrupt just a little bit about all this talk about cooking the turkey. And I want to talk just about eating it for a second because. I absolutely adore Thanksgiving because it is the one holiday we have that is built around food. It is, we, I mean, we, 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 we celebrate around the table for Christmas and Easter and 4th of July and stuff. But think about this from coast to coast, no matter your race, religion, gender, political affiliation, we all sit down around the table and eat very much the same meal. Most of us eat turkey. Some might eat painted hill beef. Some might have a uh, lasagna or something. But most of us eat turkey. Most of us have cranberry sauce. Most of us have yams or something like that. We have pie. I mean, everybody does it with their own signature recipes and their own techniques. But there is this seems to be this menu that we many of us adhere to and i just think that's marvelous that's poetic oh, yeah. we, we 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 yell at each other we argue with each other on <laughs> facebook we diss each other about whether you can you should be smoking with charcoal lump charcoal or briquette charcoal but on thanksgiving we all eat the same meal and i just think that's that's marvelous just absolutely marvelous well, I know that you are a pie freak. Yeah. Meathead. I know Leanne and I talked about this last night. We're, we're the pecan twins here. Yep. Put me down. Yeah, <laughs> that's three of us, you know. Um, and by the way, this is something I looked up. I was going to save it for after hours. But do you know how many calories are actually in a whole pecan pie, Meathead? Leanne was pretty close. La, 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 la. I don't <laughs> Doesn't <wanna> care. <laughs> yeah. A little over 4,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I will, well, I will confess that over the course of the Thanksgiving weekend, I have eaten a whole pecan pie by myself. Oh, my goodness. Well, my wife is a pie baker. She's the baker in the family. Mm -hmm. I have fear of flour. Um, but the day before <laughs> Thanksgiving, she and her niece... And all the grandkids and the nieces and the nephews and the little ones, they all get together and they bake pies for Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving um, is at her brother's house and the immediate family is like 25, 30 people there. Um, so they bake a half a dozen or so pies and the kids just love rolling out the dough and, you know, and uh, uh, slicing up the apples and uh, placing the pecans on the crust and stuff. And they have Pi Day every year, and it's just a, a festive event. And I, they let me come one year and watch, and I took pictures. And it's just the coolest thing. That um, is. 
Uh, and of course, we benefit from it. And every year they try to do something crazy in the way of a pie, something unique or different. And uh, boy, there's, you know, you really have to cut back. You have to put the brakes on when you're eating the turkey and all the sides because all the nieces bring the sides. You know, there's this corn casserole and all that. And, and you got to have the sweet potatoes with the marshmallows. I read Julia Child was a huge fan of sweet potatoes with marshmallows. The great French chef loves sweet potatoes with marshmallows. How about that? I love yeah. that. I love that. So um, we've only got about four minutes left, but this will go over as we usually do. I want to talk about the stuffing. Okay. Mm. Um, I use a modified version of my mother's stuffing recipe. Mm -hmm. and, over, and over the years, I've, We've tried oyster stuffing and a lot of different things, but we always resort back to the basic stuff. Now, in my stuffing, I put I put the giblets in there. Um, no liver, like you said, but I'll also put mushrooms and celery and onions. Mm. And I mm -hmm. also put water chestnuts in it, sliced water Ooh. chestnut. Give it a little mm. crunch. That's just something I do. I, you, you know, crunch, uh, you got to have crunch. You got to have crunch. But I wanted to hear yours and Leanne's thoughts, and we might carry this over into the, the next uh, segment, too. Ours but is pretty standard, but one year on a wild hair, I heard about making stuffing from wild White Castle sliders. Oh. oh. And it's apparently a thing. And I found some recipes out there and you can do it. You can actually buy frozen sliders in the grocery store right? because it's got bread and it's got onions and it's got ground beef. And you can actually make a pretty good stuffing from White Castles. And I've got the recipe on AmazingRibs.com. That's awesome. If you want to go a while there. It's like a sausage stuffing. And a lot of people make sausage stuffing. And then there's the cornbread stuffing. stuffing. And what's, what's wrong with cornbread? Nothing. So. No, it's all good. It's all good. Leanne, what do you do? Very, very traditional. You know, the stale white bread saute, pretty much mm -hmm. even amounts of onions and celery and a ton of butter. Um, obviously, you know, you make the stock and you slowly pour that in. But I'm a huge fan of Bell's poultry seasoning. And I have to have it in my stuffing. And I really I put almost a whole box in there. It's got <laughs> it's heavy sage. And I just like, I don't like to have all the weird stuff people put. I just like straight up, mm -hmm. just like that. You By the way, our, our, our new poultry uh, seasoning is parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme. Mm. Sing along with me. Yeah, and Simon there and Garfunkel, go. here you go. <laughs> do you put, uh, Leanne, do you put uh, giblets or any little bits well, of dark I, meat in there? No, no, um, no. I don't. Uh, so basically, you know, the stock um, and a lot of black pepper actually is in there, too. Yeah. So I like it. I like it pretty simple. I, I'm a big Pepperidge farm is a, you know, uh, that, that's where I learned is you just bought the bag of Pepperidge farm and started there. And that works yeah. just fine. Yeah. When I was a kid, we used to dry. My mom would dry the bread. Yeah, we do that. And mm -hmm. then we grind the bread or chop it up, depending on mm -hmm. what, she, what she was doing. It was a huge process. It was actually a larger process to create the stuffing than actually cook the bird mm -hmm. uh, uh, when we did that as a kid. And I remember the smells in the kitchen. Um, I wasn't a big fan when I was little. Doesn't bother me now of like chopping up the onions and stuff because it would get so strong. Uh, 
right there. We had a not a really tiny kitchen, but it was smaller. And so everything got kind of contained in the, you know, in the odors, if you will, or the aromas is a better way to put well, it. Well, you know, if you're cooking turkey indoors, that's the best part of cooking turkey. Yeah. Right. Is that it just fills up the house. Yeah. And it smells like holiday. And, and that's a smell I always associate with Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. But I've been cooking it outdoors for years. And, the, and a, a very good reason to do that, by the way, is it leaves room for pie. Yes. You've got to keep the oven clear so you can bake the pies. Yep. Um, we're going to take another break here on Barbecue Nation. Meathead Leanne and I will be back right after this. Don't go away. I've heard there was a secret chord. The day it played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Leanne Whippen, and we're talking with uh, our good friend Meathead Goldwyn from AmazingRibs.com. You know, I was going to tell you guys out there uh, something else here. It's your business. I have a business. You have a business. And you need to see every single hire. But you really don't want to go through every single resume. You don't have the time. So you need Indeed, the all-in-one hiring platform that makes it easy to attract, screen, and interview candidates all in one place. With smart tools like Instant Match, you instantly get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description the minute you sponsor a job. Spend less time sifting through resumes and more time saying you're hired. Visit Visit Indeed.com slash credit. We're going to get in. If you guys catch the after hours of this show, we're going to get into the weird side dishes and some strange things that we found what is your your personal favorites i mean we've talked about how to cook the turkeys and all that we talked about we're all pie fanatics we've got all that um i know leanne does not like mushrooms or mushrooms um marshmallows mm-hmm. on on her sweet potatoes or yams or whatever but what let me go to leanne first here what's your favorite Besides the turkey and pie, what's your favorite? There is a recipe that we make every year, and it's called Senator Russell Sweet Potatoes. And it's sweet potatoes, but there's a little bit of coconut in there, and it's topped with pecans. And I just the recipe, I think you might even be able to find it online. That's my favorite sweet potato recipe. You lost me at coconut. but I know, you don't like coconut. I love coconut. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sure I told you the story and I'm not going to burn up airtime telling you the story, but there, I have a very valid reason for not being fond of coconut. <laughs> very, very valid reason. You, you, you used to date a monkey. No, I just put it this way. I grew up on a horse farm and we'll just oh, leave, okay. leave it at that. What's your meathead? What's your favorite? Well, I mean, I, I would rather eat stuffing than turkey, um, but uh, I, I absolutely adore the stuffing and uh, just plain old, classic bread stuffing although i've had good luck with grilling the bread before i top it up oh, for the stuffing yeah, yeah. to help dry it out um 
Um, uh, the cranberry sauce. My wife makes a cranberry sauce with Asian pear and mm. orange zest, and mm. that's really good. And then if anybody out there listens to National Public Radio, NPR, Susan Stamberg, who has been there since the beginning, um, has a recipe for cranberry sauce with horseradish. And I know that sounds weird, but it's marvelous, and it's become a cult recipe. Mama Stamberg's uh, cranberry sauce, you can Google it. I'm sure you'll find a thousand, uh, 10,000 references to it. Um, I love the cranberry sauce variations. I love the mashed potatoes, too. Oh, yeah. You got to do loads of butter in your mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Loads of butter and mashed potatoes. And I like garlic mash. And I've got a good recipe for garlic mash, too. But uh, I just uh, throw whole garlic cloves right in the water when I'm boiling the potatoes and then whip it in. Easy. That's the smart move. And listen to that, ladies and gentlemen. What what happens when she does that is it takes the harshness out of the, the garlic. A lot of people just mash up raw garlic into the mashed potatoes and it's it, it, it's coarse tasting um, or roast the um, the garlic or smoke the garlic. Anything will take that. But I love the idea. A chef taught me to do it in uh, simmer it in milk. Um, but uh, that, that that's the way to do garlic mash, Leanne. Mm, well, my favorite thing is actually Friday and Saturday. Thanksgiving's over. The mob has left. We've got some football games on out here where I live. There's always the civil war game on Saturday, which is Oregon versus Oregon state. My old alma mater like that. And so you sit back, you've got still some stuffing, still some gravy, maybe not so much on the pecan pie that might've been pushed aside by that. Point. Oh, you ate it all by then. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's one of my favorites. And then you just, you know, heat up some gravy and put it over that. And I'll just sit there and go comatose. We, we make pot pie with the leftover turkey. Um, I mean, chicken pot pie, turkey pot pie, same thing. Um, that's marvelous. We make turkey taco goop. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Give, give. It's, it, it's the turkey and, you know, you got sauteed peppers, onions, tomato, chili powder. Anyway, you make this goop with the turkey and, and you, you know, you make your homemade tortillas and you just throw it on there with sour cream, shredded cheese and boom. <laughs> Okay. I like I that. I like that. I my, never... my Clint Cantwell, my right hand man, um, he 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 taught me to make turkey sandwich with the cranberry sauce right on the sandwich. I like that. That's yeah. good stuff. Oh yeah. Even stuffing on the sandwich too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I I kind of do like, you know, the old New York style hot turkey sandwich with some toasted bread and the turkey and then the gravy on top of it. But I will put the stuffing on top of the bread and then the turkey on top of mm -hmm. that and then the gravy on top of that. Mm -hmm. And then I put on a bib and mm -hmm. then, you know, it's, I go. For, that sounds like a knife and fork sandwich. It yeah. is. It is. But who cares? Who, who mm -hmm. cares? It's all really good. Y'all are making me very hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the worst part of talking to JT. <laughs> it's it's all good when you're um when you're selecting your turkey and maybe we should have talked about this at the top of the show because we've only got a few minutes left here but what do you recommend per pound per guest meathead excess quantity because you can wrap it up in foil and everybody takes it home and loves you for it uh make more than you need but two small turkeys will turn out better than one giant turkey and that's the simple physics of getting the heat to move through large thicknesses of meat. 
a thinner a thinner breast will take less time to cook and will be moister and more juicy. So a smaller bird will be better tasting than a large bird. Not to mention the fact that large birds tend to be old toms or old hens, and they're just generally tougher. But cook two small birds rather than one giant bird, and you'll come out better. And I just, I don't have a ratio. I mean, you know, most people are not going to eat more than a half a pound of meat, which is eight ounces. I mean, that's like, you know, think of an eight ounce hamburger or, you know, two quarter pounders, a double deck. That's a lot of meat. So, you know, if you want to go eight to 12 ounces of meat per person, you'll have leftover. But, you know, you got to factor in there's bone. Um, uh, Just cook more than you need and send some home with your guests. They love you for it. In fact, I not my family, but I know others have told me that it's standard practice to come to Thanksgiving and bring Tupperware so that you can bring home leftovers. Right. Meathead is going to stick around for after hours like he normally does. And Leanne is going to stick around for after hours meathead's going to be back in about three weeks for the christmas show and we're going to talk about christmas dinners especially prime rib and the sides there so he won't be long he'll be back of course uh on the show like he is every year for all the holidays and man we appreciate you really do always fun talking to you jt uh uh, you you know so much about food that uh these are always great conversations and leanne what a cool thing to have you part of the team well, thank you so much. And I want to tell you, I learned an awful lot from you today. I appreciate it. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm All honored. right. We'll be back. Uh, don't forget to catch After Hours, which we're going to do right now. So we'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. And we hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.